Good morning. Well, we're going to continue our series in 08. This year, I will. This is uh, part two. This year, I will manage my time. Really, we pray that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, would manage your time. But a lot of times, we uh, just struggle. I'm just wondering, uh, have you ever had this phrase? I just wished I could have a 30-hour day. If you do that, would you just raise your hands? And I, I thought that many times. If I could just have a little, a few more hours in my day, I could get that accomplished. And you know what I'm convinced? If God gave us a 30-hour day, we would do what? We'd fill that up and then we'd go, God, could I have 32? Could I have 35? God, could I have a 40-hour day? How many want a 40-hour day? No way, baby. I mean, he's created these bodies to do what? To rest. To be depleted when we use them wisely. Even if we don't use them wisely, they get depleted and they get drained and they need something. So this morning, as I was thinking through this series this year, I will, last weekend, develop my spiritual life. This weekend, this year... I will do what? I will learn how to manage my time. Time is that precious commodity that, that rich and poor and every race and denomination and people and tribe or people have ever been created that are on the planet, that will come on the planet. We all have got time. Now, we don't know how many days we have been allotted because that's up to God's choosing. And some people in this room, you are great time managers. And some people in this room are like, wow, time, I, man, I'm proverbial procrastinator. I waste time continually. I, I don't do very well with it. Uh, some of us feel like we don't have enough time with our spouse, or we don't have enough time with our kids, or we don't have enough time with our grandchildren, and we're just busy, busy, busy. Have, have you ever had this happen? You go over to your uh, your kid, is, is there with you in the family room or living room or computer, and they're trying to talk to you, and they're trying to have an intelligent conversation at their level, and you're preoccupied with the computer screen or books or paying bills or doing something, and finally the kid will go, hey, turn your head toward me. Has that ever happened to anybody? I mean, you're saying it probably happens every week in your marriage, doesn't it? Your wife's like, look, we got to turn off Sports Center, Bubba. You're getting in trouble. Uh, here, here's one. Uh, you, you ever tell your kids, hey, you need to pick up your toys. And sometimes kids will have a little smart elk answer. Maybe later. Where'd they learn that from? Mm, convicting, isn't it? Well, you know, it's amazing what little voices, little ears hear, what they catch. A lot of times it's not so much what we model or what we teach or what we say, but it is what we model. It's what we do. They, they catch that example. The U.S. World News Report, they have this report every so often. It says the average American will spend six years of his life eating. This must have been a non-Christian article, because I think the Church of Jesus Christ spends more than six years eating. <laughs> Amen. It says it spends five years waiting in line. You know, Brandy, you work at a place that I used to call cursed till I met you. The probate judge's office. And it's been a blessing when I come and I look for you now, and y'all have got some new systems, so I'm grateful for that. Tell the probate judge we like him. Uh, here's another one. We spend six months waiting in traffic. How many of you get thrilled about waiting in traffic? You're saying, in Montgomery, have you been on the road lately? And moved to a big city, you probably spend a year, you know, every decade. And here's one. The article went on to say that we spend one year in desk clutter looking for things. Boy, do I ha how many of you have a problem with your desk? How many of you have a desk? I mean, some of you are like, you know, okay, if you got a desk, you got a problem. Well, there's an editorial that I heard about in a newspaper. It, it, here's, here's a caption. Too much 
going on. You know, and that kind of uh, headliner will kind of grab your attention. And as you look at that, and then it says, an incessant pace, high pressure, high volume, can't endure much more. But here's what I found interesting. It appeared June 16th, 1863, in a paper. What about 2008? Do you feel like that still? Like, wow, they're just not, not more, not more diapers. How many diapers can a kid mess up? How many loads of laundry can you wash, mom? That was not rhetorical. Y'all could have answered. Okay. Well, here, here's what I know. In the scripture, there's over 1,000 references to the Bible, in the Bible about time. Just write that down. There's over a thousand references. In other words, I'm not going to share a thousand this morning. I'm going to share somewhere between 18 and 23 scriptures probably. But you could do a study in your concordance or you could go online and look this up and you could go and throw in time and it'd be amazing how many times you could find this from Old and New Testament as God deals with it. But I want to give you a passage just to write across the top of your outline because I didn't get them all on here. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 and 16 and it says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. The Apostle Paul, through his letters, he would, he would speak into this uh, commodity called time. And in this particular verse, it just goes, make a wise use, a, a good utilization of the hours that God entrusts to you. Be a good steward of the hours. If you look at the top of your worship guide, I put a little simple message truth. When we provide a stewardship of how we spend our time, it will accurately be based on what we have actually done, not what we intend to do. That's where I get in trouble. Underline that. Not what we actually intend to do. But as Christ followers, we must listen to the Holy Spirit's leading and follow His promptings. He is the time management expert all time. The Holy Spirit will not allow us to waste time if we're in tune with Him. And the church said... I mean, that's just true. I mean, he just, now does that mean the Holy Spirit wants you to relax? Yes, we're going to talk about that. But he won't let you just, uh, get in this, uh, rob, you know, robbing your time, time robbers. I mean, he's going to try to show some purpose and direction. So there's five biblical keys here today. We could have added more. And they all start with P. I love to alliterate. I mean, you know, it's just, it's an easy way to remember it. Maybe you can think, well, hey, there's a passage and I want to look there. So let's look together. Here's the first one. Prioritize what you want to accomplish. See, we all need priorities in our life. What I do know is, as Christ followers and as non-Christ followers, people get misaligned, misdirected, and we get off course, and we tend to do those things that aren't as important as they should be. Or we don't do the important things. We'll, you know, we'll do stuff, or maybe we think it's important, or maybe we'll do the urgent, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And, uh, but we need to stop and evaluate. And realize, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is really important? Because we all seem to have, if we're not careful, a shortage of time. Now, they, they tell me as we get older, and I'm definitely getting older, but my ministry is still very wide open. But as people retire sometimes, if they don't get a lot of hobbies or a lot of creative things to do at the church, uh, different uh, charities, different ministries, another job, hobbies, whatever things they're doing, they'll say, well, my day's getting away from me. I'm not accomplishing as much as I once did. You know, that's the thing about when we start in kindergarten and first grade through 12th grade and college and on and on and on and jobs and, and kids and grandchildren, they tend to fill up our schedules. And, and that's a good thing because God wants us to live life on purpose. But, you know, 
at the age of 12, Jesus, the Son of God, he got in trouble. He, uh, the, his mom, Mary, and Joseph were looking for him. And, and they couldn't find him. I mean, he, he's Jesus. He's, he's special. And they don't know where he's at. And, uh, and he had this response when Mary finally found him. Jesus, where have you been? And I love what he said. I've been about my father's business. He knew exactly where he needed to be and what he was going to do. And at the end of his life, at the age of 33 years, lived a very short earthly life. He said, I have completed. I have done that which my father has given to me to do. So Jesus Christ was always on purpose. He was on time. He was a great manager. So we can learn from his example. We can learn from the examples of others in Scripture. We also can see from some that they weren't very good uh, time managers. But let's try to build that this morning. John 17, verses 1 and 4. And it says this. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed, Father, the time has come. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Underline the word completing. Jesus, he's a completing God. He's a completer. He finishes that which has been entrusted to him. Some of you in this room, you're great completers. You finish. You finish well. And I'm amiss to say there's probably some in here today, and we've all fallen subject at some time. We didn't finish well. We didn't finish. We quit. We didn't complete what we needed to do. Like with school teachers. They always give you assignments and they give you tasks. We have a new school teacher in our church. Did y'all know that? Stacy. Where, where's she at? Henry. She just got a new assignment this week at Robert E. Lee. You need to be praying for her. She's a new 10th grade English teacher. And her name is going to be blessed. And sometimes people aren't going to speak very favorably of her, Rick. Because she's going to give assignments. How many of you always spoke favorably of your teachers? Raise your hand. Sorry, Stacy. I mean, it's just the truth. Because we, sometimes we don't say nice things about people that have things for us to do. But when you complete your task, your teacher usually does what? At least they check it off or they're jazzed or you might get a better grade. How many times have we gotten in trouble in school because we failed to complete a task? And then we want to go. You don't have to raise your hand, students. That's okay. Then, then you have to do what? Could I have an extension? Could, could I get some more time? Well, did Jesus Christ heal everybody? No. Did he save everybody? No. But the Bible says he completed. He did that which God had called him to do. He had his life in balance. He had it in rhythm. Luke 4, 42 and 43 says this. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also. Because that is why I was sent. That's why I was given. That's why I'm on task. I've got to fulfill that which God called me to do. So Jesus Christ, I mean, we look at his example and, and the people would go, Oh, Jesus, you're the best rabbi, Rabboni. Would you stay with us a little longer? He's like, no. I've got other villages. I've got other communities. I've got other towns. I've got other people that I must go and, and proclaim the kingdom of my father. So he went on task. And in Mark 10, 13 and 14, I love this. It says, the people were bringing what? The little children to Jesus to have Jesus touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And when he said to them, let the children do what? Come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to what? Such as these. 
See, here they are, the Pharisees and religious people and different folks. They say, Jesus, don't do that. No time for the children. That's what I love about watching grandparents. Grandparents tend to have more T-I-M-E. They tend to be more patient. They tend to always take time for the little ones. You talk to little children about their grandparents usually, and they'll go, my granddaddy, my grandmama, they're awesome. They rock. You know when they say that? few reasons. Grandparents do exactly what they tell them to do most of the time. They love them unconditionally. They're super attentive to them. And grandparents, let's just go ahead and be honest because I've been watching y'all for a long time. They give a lot of grace. Do they not, parents? And then they send them back home to be raised. I look forward to that day. I, I really do. I think it's going to be fun, man. Spoiling grandkids in Jesus' name. We're going to make it a spiritual exercise at our house. Okay. So here's the principle. You live by priorities or you live by pressure? You live by priorities, you live by pressure. What are you choosing to live by this morning? The, the world will squeeze you into the mold. The world will scream for your attention. The world will tell you what to do. But Jesus says, I set the agenda. It's the great commission. It's to take walks across the room. It's to take walks across the street. It's to build relationships. It's to have a network with unbelievers. It's to win them to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's part of our job here. There is a, a book, a booklet that I read many years ago. And every once in a while I read it, and some of you have read it, and if not, you could go online and download it. And it's, it's a classic by Charles Hummel. It's called The Tyranny of the Urgent. How many of you have read The Tyranny of the Urgent? Not as many as I thought. You ought to, you ought to go look, just Google that, Tyranny of the Urgent, and download it. It will kick your face in. You're saying, well, I want that, man. I already got somebody at my house that does that. No. And it talks about the endless demands on our life. And how the urgent always seems to scream a little louder. And the important does what? Gets kind of pushed aside. The urgent always screams. The urgent, the urgent. There's always things to do. Let me tell you how it plays out in my life. You can write this down if it helps you. But this is the word that God gave to me years ago. It was extremely convicting. People or administration. People or administration. Now, I'm an exhorter, so I love people. I'm a communicator. I'm a preacher. I love to preach. Administration is not my gift, but I have to do a lot of administration. And sometimes people can interrupt the administrative cycle. And when they do that, they there's a little thing. And let's be honest. It's called irritate. Do you ever get irritated? Does anybody ever irritate you when you're in the middle of work? I hear this all the time. People go, you know, Keith, I go to work on Saturday sometimes. I go, why? Because I get more done in two hours than I get done all week because of all the little pests in my office or all the little people that run around. But I never will forget when God spoke that word to me years ago. People, administration. You've got to get these administrative tasks done. You've got to get those programs built. But if you forget the people, you've missed what Jesus came for. You see, that day when they said, Jesus... Jesus, it's children. We have no time for the children, Jesus. We must go and do something else. And Jesus did what? He rebuked them. He said, no, I came for the little ones. You know, there's this little girl I call her Nugget. We have this thing, and she'll call me, and she goes, I love you. She called me the other day and told me, she, I love you, Pastor Keith. And, oh, man, I'll tell you what, I love it. Because most times if I ask her if she loves me, she goes, no. Her name's Abigail McHenry. 
And, and we have this thing going on, you know, and we, we, you know, but, but she, there's this, this thing about Abigail. Ab- Abigail can just, she can melt the world. She has this little sassy personality because she's a fighter. And she's in charge. The other night she was at my house with some teenagers and she tried to body slam the pastor. Now, all of her little 25 pounds, whoo, poof. And her sister Mackenzie can kick butt, okay? She was, she was getting me pretty good. I said, you learned that from your daddy. But you know what, you know what I saw in those little girls? I saw that, you know, that's where life really is. Was hanging out with them, loving them. You see, one day when, when they get older and I get much older, they're going to go, do you remember? I body slammed you in your family room one day. You know, when I'm on a cane or a wheelchair. And you know, just, just maybe Abigail might share her gum with me one day. She might give me a drink of water one day when I need it, when I'm old and I can't go get it for myself. I don't know, just a thought. Here, here's my thought to y'all. Be nice to people because they might have to take care of you one day. Okay, set boundaries. Number two, plan out your day with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. This, this is critical. How, how does your day get planned? See, we have last will and testaments we write for school and all this. And we know how we want our life to end. And we know what we want to make plans for the life thereafter. But how about for the life we live? Uh, you know, we're ready for death. Most of us, we should be. But are we ready for life? Are we ready for living? And that's what I think the Scripture talks about. Do we get ready for that? For me, and I, I just remembered, I, I forgot it. I, I, I had this right here. I, I lived on these for years. These are paper calendars. And, you know, you, you get these out, and, and man, they, they just tell you amazing things. And, and uh, the, the good thing you like about them is what? You can see a month at a glance. Well, years ago, I was speaking in Pennsylvania, and they gave me a palm pilot. They wanted me to be a cool pastor, a modern pastor. Well, I've had many palm pilots, and I live by my palm. It's right now hooked up to my laptop, and I carry it everywhere I go. But what I learned is, and it's a great tool, and it can help you organize your day. It's like It's kind of like having... Cheryl on the run. Like, you know, I've got Cheryl in the office, and then you got a palm pilot. I mean, it, it's really, it's like you got Cheryl one and Cheryl two, okay? And, uh, but then, but this thing, let me tell you about calendars, and you've learned this. When you keep one, it does what? You see the whole month at a what? At a glance. We have a calendar in the conference room. It's the year at a glance. It helps us plan. But in those planning, we pray that we ask for the Holy Spirit's leadership. Look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You know this passage, but it fits this message. And the Lord just quickened and said, this is the word you need. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own cognitive understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. See, right now, some of you are going, I don't manage my time because I don't acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus. I don't acknowledge the Lord. I don't ask the Holy Spirit to come and give guidance and leadership. And I don't follow His promptings. The one time president of DuPont said, the one minute spending planning will save three or four minutes in execution. I find the more that we plan, we're able to better execute and manage our time. And it takes time to plan. But, and you're saying, is this a 1980s time management seminar? I've been to all those. Yeah, I've been to them. I've read the books. But there's a lot of biblical principles about time because God wants us to redeem the time. He wants us to slow down and take spiritual inventory. Write that down. I need to take spiritual inventory often. As I take inventory, I see where I'm at. And I see if I'm a slave to the tyranny of the urgent. Now, uh, I don't know how... Let, let me just say this. Sometimes you can go, my calendar is clear. But let me tell you a rule that I learned a long time ago, and I follow it most of the time. I say most. Sometimes I violate this. When I used to speak a lot on the road, I really followed it. You would call me and say, Keith, we want you to come speak in this arena, in another city, 
and they go, we're going to feed you cashews. That's a key word. And, and, and we're going to love you, and we're going to give you an honorarium, and you're going to get to speak to hundreds or thousands of teenagers, and you get to share Jesus Christ, and you get to be invitational, and it's going to be a big time, and we're going to fly you there and fly you home. And I'm like, man, that was awesome. And in the early days, I was just so overwhelmed that anybody would even let me even come to their place. I would just go, yes. It created an opportunity for conflict. You know why? Because the CEO hadn't been consulted. Donna. See, that's just done for me to plan my time. And, and I struggle with that. She'll tell you. I tr- I'm doing better. Am I doing better? Thank you, sweetie. And, uh, and a lot of times you just go, I'll just... Yeah, I'll be there next Tuesday. I'll be there next month. You should take two days usually to at least pray about something. Just write that down. I should pray before I just tell everybody. You know, I've got people in ministry that I deal with. Right now, our men's retreat speaker that Mike and Robbie and them are working with, I asked him to come speak this year. Here's his classic response. I believe I would like to come, but I need to pray for a few days. I'll get back to you. How many of you would like to just have a speaker that always said yes or one that prayed about it? I want somebody that prays about it. Maybe they've got something more to say. And, and at the same time, they can, they can stay out of trouble because they, they learn that the, the, the voice of, of the busyness will scream the loudest. But when you get still, maybe you can see something. Let me just give you a couple quick verses. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. And then there's another passage here. If you'll turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. Let's look at this. Chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. God just says, if you honor me, if you honor my leading, if you honor my word, I will do what? Prolong your life. I will give you many years. I, I will do something that you can't do for yourself. Now, there's a, there's a thing here on the outline I want you to see. It. Two keys to wise time planning. Number one, selection. You need to ask the Holy Spirit in this. Is this something you want me to do? Is this the, would you select this time or this period or this event? And there's a passage I've given you here, 1 Corinthians 6.12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Holy Spirit, I want to check in with you. Would you have me do that? You see, sometimes it's not that we do sinful events. We just do the events that God didn't ordain for us to do. I don't think you heard what I'm saying. If you do good stuff, but it's not what God called you to do, you'll never be as fruitful and productive as God wants you to be. But when you ask God, now don't be quick to say, I know God don't want me to do nothing. That's a lie. God has got much for you to do in your life that comes to exalting the name of Jesus. He has a lot of service for you to do in this church. And I want to go ahead and tell some of you. Some of you, you're blessing my heart because you're blessing the staff that serves with me. You're beginning to fill these spaces to reach the next generation. But there's some of you today, listen, you need to have Chrissy's heart. And the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, and he's speaking to you right now. And he's saying, I want you, I want you, I want you to step up and serve. And the church said, you're going, well, no, that's for somebody else. Hey, quit doing this somebody else for you. See, right now, God has given us all we need in terms of finances and time management and all that. If we'll listen to Him and if we'll obey Him, we'll, fi- we'll find the blessing of God. I don't want to miss His blessing in 08, do you? And here's a, Ecclesiastes 3.1. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And then there's a, uh, the, the key here is concentration. God, what would you have me focus on? And here's what the Scripture says. 
In Proverbs 17, 24, you see one translation, but I want to read another one to you. It says, concentration, it's best to focus on one thing at a time. An intelligent man aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many different directions. They're scattered. They're just running to and fro. But when we seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit, He can give us laser point direction. And this morning, I just think God's going to give some, some things to people in this room, and He's been speaking to your life. And in Luke 10, uh, verse, uh, chapter 40, or chapter 10, verses 40 and 42, it's one of my favorite passages. It's Martha, and Martha is in a muddle. Martha is all distracted by the preparation and the activity, cooking the chicken, whatever she's doing. I mean, it didn't say chicken in the Greek, so don't worry. But whatever. But she's just busy, busy, busy. And Mary chooses that which is best. She chooses to worship Jesus. So here's what I'm saying. We have to be busy. We, we need to be productive. But a lot of times we don't need to be as busy as we are because God wants to pull us in. It's called having a daily devotional time. It's called what I talked about last weekend, develop your spiritual life. Lord, this year I will daily meet with you in prayer. I will daily meet with you in your word. There's an appointment on my schedule. I cannot negate it. It's a non-negotiable. Write that down this morning. A non-negotiable with Jesus every day. If you have that, I promise you, when 08 ends and we roll into 09, your life will be so incredible. So... This In Luke 10, you can circle the word many things. One thing is needed. One thing is needed. This one thing is to honor God. This one thing is needed to worship God. Now, if you want to know about planning your time, you'll, you'll, if you go to a financial counselor, they'll ask you this. They'll ask you to learn how to do what? Where are you spending your money? I want you to do an audit. I want you to do inventory. I want you to write down where you're spending your money. And you come back, you're like, wow, I had no idea. I just, you know, I thought I had wings and it just always flies away. I, I don't keep track. And now I learn how. So God wants us to audit. Well, now y'all are going to hate me right now. But I want you to do something. I don't want you to leave these in the room, okay? Deal? Wait a minute. Deal? I want you to take these with you today. Now. If you're man enough, if you're woman enough to do it, if you're student enough to do it, it could have some amazing results. Jay, I want you to take a section. Will you do that? Come here, Josh, quick. I want you to pass these out right here in this section. Josh, I want you to pass out that section right there. Can you do that? Come here. Uh, uh, Jared, come here, quick, quick. Good, Jared. It's fire growing, bro. Come on. Adams, come here, bro. Come here. I want you to go to that side over there. Quick, quick, man, come on. You get, use my time, man. I got to, I got to be a good time user. Okay. I want you to give those out. Now, you're going to get a, sh hey, can I have one? <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Now, you're getting these. Now, I did not give these to you pre-service. You know why? You'd have checked out. You'd have started writing your grocery list in there. You'd have wrote about people you needed to pray for, people you wanted to write off your prayer list this week, whatever. This right here, just a little time management sheet. I dare you to take this seriously. I dare you to start today or start in the morning. What about in the morning? We'll give you today. We'll, we'll give you grace today. Start in the morning. And I want you to write down what you do for the next seven days. And ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. And ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you over the next seven days how good of a time user you are for His glory. Is this not a... Some of you are like, awesome, man, that is cool. Some of you are like, I hate it. I can't believe that turkey brought me to church to give me guilt. No, I, I don't want to give you guilt. I, I just want to encourage you. I've been keeping mine since like last Wednesday. 
I, I keep my palm every day. Every week I circle up how many hours I work. You know why I do that? It's not because the elders tell me to. It's because I'm a workaholic. And I know when I work too many hours, I know what rhythm. I know how I get short with people. So I keep track of hours. But this right here, I started really right now, like everything. And it, it, it's amazing. You know what, you know what you're going to learn? Let me just go ahead and tell you. So maybe right now, here's, here's going to be your number one robber. What do you think it is? Hello? What is it? No, not work. You're supposed to work. TV. The Wii. Like, dude, I did not know you could play the Wii for 22 hours a week. I did not know you could play golf that many times. I didn't know you could wash your car. That Somebody like, wash your car, man. You seen my car? I know I've seen them. They're horrible looking. You ought to go wash it. Goo Goo's clothes today. They're Christian. Okay. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. All right. So, is, is that not a good exercise? Man, what are you doing, Joshua? Are you like giving love? Just pass them out, bro. Okay. Hey, Adams, get over here and help your brother, Josh. Help him. Love him, brother. All right. Now, is this not a practical exercise this morning? All right, listen, you're like, well, we don't even like you anyway, so, you know. Well, I love you, and maybe you could love me. Okay, so let me tell you, in this time journal, write down how many times you eat. Write when you go to the bathroom. Write down when you read magazines, when you watch TV, when you go to work, when you walk the dog, when you don't talk to your spouse. Whatever you do, just go, I was silent, we didn't talk. Whatever. It could be Psalm 90, verse 12. Let me give you, write this verse down. Teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom, O God. Teach us to, Moses wrote this. He's accredited with this writing. And he said, God, teach me to redeem the time and, and to realize I have a limited number of days. There's one thing about it. When we're young, we're always going, how old are you? And they give you to the day. <laughs> like, whatever. They're 32 days. They're... They're 21 months. I mean, can you imagine walking around at our age telling people how many months you are? Like, I don't know. Don't, you know. But as you get older, instead of saying how many have you had, you're like, how many do I have left? Because we don't know. And God says, redeem our time. With the time left, I'm going to do this. God, some of you in this room, you're like, man, I'm in the fourth quarter. Some of you are in the third quarter. Some of you are in the second quarter. Some of you, man, you're just getting started. Some of you got some in the oven right now. It ain't even started yet. That's cool too. Okay. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Number three, pursue God with all your heart. If you want to be a good time manager, you, you got to seek the Holy Spirit's guidance, and you got to just pursue God. God, I want to be in active pursuit of who you are. Order my steps, Lord Jesus. You are Lord. I have a thing on, on my desk. I bought it right when I went into ministry over 25 years ago. And it says, order my steps. And it has Jesus. I want Jesus to order my steps. Do you want him to order your steps? In Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all other, all manner, all things will be added to you. If you do what? You seek him. You pursue him. You get a heart for him. You listen to him. You build time in your schedule for quiet time. You build time in your schedule for prayer, for devotion, for meditation, for witnessing, for sharing. You put God first. When you put God first, it's amazing what God can do. But if you don't put God first, you're like... Man, I never get done what I want. I need to get done. Well, you never will. In our devotions, we pursue. And here's what I find about a devotional life. When you pursue God, you find strength. You find grace. You find mercy. You find answers. You find direction. You find peace. And you're like, well, maybe that's why I, I don't have the Lord intervening in my day, but I need Him to. Number four, you need to play some to stay healthy. 
Don't you love that one? I teach that in every 101 class. I always ask the adults, how many of you play enough? And about half the room goes, and the wife goes, he plays all the time, joke. Tell me to get another job. And then some people are like, man, I never play. And teenagers, I'm not even asking y'all, do y'all play enough? You're like, play? We play all the time. We play at school. We play at home. We just like to play. Sometimes we study. No, I'm not. Not all teenagers. Man, y'all work. Y'all, y'all go to school. You study. I mean, y'all have busy lives. You do all kinds of things. You have relationships. You have church. You have youth group. You have, you, you know, you have parents. I mean, I know. Imagine that. I mean, and all these things. So you have to learn how to do it. Like, uh, I'm just wondering, some of you moms in here, you know, like Saturday used to be kind of a different day in the 60s and maybe the 70s, and now it's like everybody's just running everywhere. They're just frantic, and they're like lollygagging. Forget that, man. I'm driving to this meeting. I'm driving to soccer games. I'm driving to basketball games. Uh, I'm going here. I'm running errands. Uh, we go home. I do housework. I do something in the garage. Go, 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 go. You just get tired. You're like, man, Saturday is everything but fun. I remember growing up, we used to watch uh, – uh, baseball on Saturday afternoons. I, I can hear Kurt Gowdy. How many of you can hear Kurt Gowdy's voice right now? I remember that growing up, man. We'd, you know, do yard work or whatever in the morning, and then on Saturday afternoon, I'd sit there watching baseball. I love baseball, but it is boring as snot. Let's just go ahead and be honest. I mean, unless it's a really exciting game, you're like, you know? But, you know, now I move too fast to do that. All right. Let me give you a verse. Ecclesiastes 10:15 from the Good News. I, I love this. It says, only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. Now, that's a loose translation of the Greek, okay? Very. It's called the good news translation, but I like it because it basically says, don't wear yourself out with work. Make sure you enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Are you enjoying the journey of Jesus Christ, church? You should be enjoying the journey. It's a, it's a life of sacrifice, and it's a life of discipline, but it's also a life of joy. How many of you believe the Lord gives you joy? Hey, Amen. It's not just at Christmas. It's every day. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In Matthew 6.31, he says, Don't worry saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Man, we worry about all these things, but God says, Seek me. Follow me. And a lot of times, people watch us as Christians, and they're like, Man, y'all are so busy. All y'all do is get in the car and go to church and sing Kumbaya at the driveway all the time. Busy, 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 busy. Go, go, go. Do y'all go to church every day? Well, not here. Man, we meet Sunday morning. Hard. And then we have small groups that scatter throughout the week in different meetings. But we, we are not a church that's overtaxed. Are we church? Are we church? I mean, you ought to see what the, the, the tradition I come out of, man. We try to see if we can get 90 hours for Jesus every week. We just go to church just to go to church and just judge the people that didn't come to church. And talk about how sorry they were. They were here this morning, but man, a bunch of sinners. I can't even come back tonight, man. I know the Lord's going, well, what are you doing here? I think you've missed it. The great thing was we did student ministry, and that was fun because the teenagers wanted to be there. So we enjoyed the life. We, we, we have to build in some downtime. That's what I'm trying to say. Play. Fifth. Pray continually. Are, are, are you praying? Take time out to pray. I like what P.T. Forsyth said. The worst sin is prayerlessness. If we don't pray, we're not going to have the Lord manage our time. And Proverbs 10.27 says, Reverence for God adds hours to each day. How many of you need some hours added to your day? Reverence the Lord. Honor the Lord. Ask God to increase your hours. Ask God to give you favor. That thing that's taking you 10 hours to do, maybe it could take you five hours if you put him first. I'm always amazed. 
When I have great devotions, my days go better. How about you? But if I'm always running behind through that day and I'm trying to get five minutes here and ten minutes there and five minutes there and twenty minutes there, it's like, man, I just really miss my divine appointment with Him. First thing, you know, God, I want to make sure you're the, you're, you're the priority. And the Bible says in Luke 5, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. He had to get away from people. He had to get substance. He had to get strength from His Father. And he prayerfully waited for his father's instructions. And when he got the instructions, then he found the strength to follow them, to live them out. It was an awesome thing. So this time tool thing I've given you, the time management, I hope this will encourage you. Some of you are like, I ain't doing it. But I'm going to make a nice grocery list on it. Thank you. Oh, you could plan out what you're going to eat this week if you're that organized, like some people we know. But most of you are like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But the pastor said, if I leave it here, he's going to call me, so I'm going to take it out of here, okay? Because I have a video camera right now, and I'm watching every seat. I'm checking it twice. And if you don't take this, I'm going to be offended. I'm not going to be offended. You're just going to be a loser. I mean, you want to take this. You want just, man, I'm giving you tools to help you in your walk with Jesus. Is that not what I'm supposed to do as a pastor? I'm supposed to equip you and encourage you and to strengthen you in your mighty walk with Jesus Christ. I want you to accomplish more in OA. Some of you are like, I'm trying to do less. Less? Less is not permissible on this campus, church. It's more for the Savior. It's that I might die. It's that I might decrease, that He might increase. I might become less, that He might become greater. John 3.30. You didn't think I knew the verse, did you? Okay, let's move on. So it's all about His strength. That's what conversion leads to. Hey, man, I love it. It's time to go. Okay. He said, your time's up, preacher. Amen, Hunter. And they said, the children shall lead us, and I could not agree more. That's a great place for me to get off right now. Amen. Stop doing and start listening. I'm listening to the children. Okay. I'm serious. I'm through, man. That just, okay. Close your Bibles up. Okay. Did you get a word this morning from the Lord? Hope you did. Are you going to do it? I don't know, man, but if I don't, you're going to badger me. I am. It's my job. No, I'm not going to badger you. I'm going to love you. Let's pray. Hey, we're not doing the last point, so Jeremy, y'all take off now. I'm all off kilter. Okay. Lord, uh, I love you, and I think the people that gathered in this room love you very much. And we're praying that 08 could be a supernatural year of increase and favor and love, and forgiveness, and joy, and peace, and witness, and power, and of order, and of direction. God, we pray that you would direct our steps this year, Father, that you would show us the things that honor Jesus Christ. So, Lord, come and do mighty things right now in our midst, because we need you, God. Lord, this morning, there are some people sitting there today, maybe they've not made you the CEO the Lord, the director of their life. And I pray maybe right now they would consider Christ Jesus to save them, to forgive them of their sins, but also to be the Lord, the leader of their life, that He would give purpose and meaning. Maybe you've heard me speak this morning about uh, time management. You're like, I want my time to belong to the Lord. I want to have the time redeemed. It starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're willing to do that, just open your heart and cry out in simple faith and say, Jesus Christ, come into my heart today and be born. Save me from my sin. Wash me in your blood. 
and be my Savior. And Jesus, would you rule in my heart as Lord? Would you guard me with your peace? Would you order my steps? Teach me to live time as you intend. And I'll give you praise beginning today by faith.